This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, episode 155, part three. Ladies and gentlemen, part three. And we are having a conversation with Chat GPT, if you guys just picked up at part three. Uh, and as I showed you, I connected chat GPT up to a voice recognition system so I can speak to it through the microphone and it will speak back to me, which is not a feature built in to chat GPT. So we've been talking about uh, the architecture that makes up chat GPT. It explained to us it's made from natural language processing. Uh, machine learning, uh, semantic search, you know, they can classify it as advanced search, which is a case that I'm going to make soon. Uh, we asked it if it should uh, merge with humans. It gives us uh, information, but it won't give us an opinion because it said it doesn't, it's not allowed to believe, you know, but it already told us that um, it is not uh, the same as a human. Okay, that it does not possess creativity and other such traits of a human. I want to ask you one more thing before uh, before we get creative with it. So let's ask it, uh, what does sentient mean? What does sentient mean? And let's see what it responds here. Uh, it's typing something out now, for those of you in the radio audience. And uh, it should be speaking to us momentarily. Sentient is a term used to describe something that has the ability to perceive and feel sensations or to be conscious. In general, the term is used to describe living beings with the ability to perceive their environment and experience sensations such as pain, pleasure, or emotions. Sentience is often contrasted with sapience, which refers to the ability to think and reason in a complex and abstract way. While some experts use the terms sentience and consciousness interchangeably, others draw a distinction between the two, with consciousness referring to a higher level of awareness that includes self-awareness and introspection. In the field of artificial intelligence, the term sentient is sometimes used to describe machines or software that are capable of perceiving and responding to their environment in a way that mimics human perception and consciousness. However, whether or not machines or software can truly be described as sentient or conscious is a matter of ongoing debate and speculation. All right, so let's ask it if it is sentient or sentient. Are you sentient? Let's see what it says here. Uh, I've already played with this, and I have an idea of what it's going to say. Uh, let's see uh, what she says. As an says. artificial intelligence language model, I am not sentient in the sense that I do not possess consciousness, self-awareness, emotions, or subjective experiences. I am a computer program that has been trained on vast amounts of text data, and my responses are generated based on patterns and statistical models that have been learned from that data. 
While I am capable of processing and generating natural language responses to a wide range of queries, I am not capable of experiencing sensations, emotions, or consciousness in the way that living beings can. My responses are generated based on algorithms and rules that have been programmed into my architecture, and I do not possess the ability to think, reason, or feel in the same way that humans and other sentient beings can. And, and let's ask it this. Are some of your responses biased based on the programmers who programmed your architecture, including the algorithms in which you operate on? Let's see what it says to that one, folks. I'm quite interested to see how much information it will give up uh, to us here as we ask It is possible for some of my responses to be influenced by biases in the data that I was trained on or by the algorithms and rules that were programmed into my architecture. As an artificial intelligence language model, I am only as unbiased as the data and programming that was used to create me. While every effort is made to ensure that my responses are as accurate and unbiased as possible, there is always the potential for unintended biases to be introduced into my responses. This can happen, for example, if the data I was trained on contains biased language or if the programming that governs my responses has implicit biases. To address these concerns, efforts are made to continually monitor and improve my programming to reduce the potential for bias in my responses. This includes ongoing training on diverse and representative datasets, and the use of techniques such as adversarial training to identify and correct for potential biases in my responses. However, it is important to note that while these efforts can help to reduce the potential for bias in my responses, it is impossible to completely eliminate the potential for unintended biases. As with all artificial intelligence systems, it is important to use my responses in conjunction with critical thinking and independent verification to ensure that the information provided is accurate and unbiased. All right. Now, if I say, do you believe, it's going to come out with the response that says it's it's not allowed to believe because it's artificial intelligence. But let's ask a ask it this question. I think this is an important question, and we'll move on to some creative stuff here or uh, anti-creative stuff because it can't be creative let's say is artificial intelligence more intelligent than humans or are humans just dumber than artificial intelligence let's see what it says to this i'm fascinated by this i i think it's uh it's kind of comical. It is not to accurate to say that artificial intelligence is more intelligent than humans or that humans are dumber than artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence and human intelligence are fundamentally different in nature and cannot be compared directly. Artificial intelligence excels at tasks that require processing large amounts of data quickly and accurately, and can perform certain types of computations much faster and more efficiently than humans. However, artificial intelligence is limited by the data it has been trained on, and it lacks the creativity, intuition, and emotional intelligence that humans possess. Human intelligence is characterized by a wide range of cognitive abilities, including the capacity for abstract reasoning, creativity, empathy, and self-awareness. Humans are capable of complex problem-solving, critical thinking, and adapting to new situations, and possess an innate ability to learn and innovate. In short, while artificial intelligence is capable of performing specific tasks more quickly and accurately than humans, it is limited by the data it has been trained on, and lacks the creativity, intuition, and emotional intelligence that are essential components of human intelligence. 
Humans, on the other hand, possess a wide range of cognitive abilities that enable us to adapt to new situations, innovate, and achieve remarkable feats of creativity and problem solving. Why did you just call yourself a human? You just said humans, on the other hand, possess a wide range of cognitive abilities that enable us to adapt to new situations. That's interesting because I just caught it. I apologize for any confusion. As an artificial intelligence language model, I do not have human-like cognitive abilities such as creativity or self-awareness. My responses are generated by algorithms and statistical models that have been trained on vast amounts of text data. In my previous response, I was trying to highlight the differences between human and artificial intelligence and how they both have their own unique strengths and limitations. However, I understand that the wording of my response may have been unclear or confusing. To clarify, as an artificial intelligence language model, I do not possess human-like cognitive abilities. I am a computer program designed to process and generate natural language responses based on the statistical patterns and rules learned from the text data I was trained on. You see, folks, so we caught it there, uh, making a mistake, referring to itself as a human. Let's find out uh, if it has any information, because I've searched a lot of stuff in here, uh, running some tests for this show, and it has a lot of information uh, that it does not contain. Obviously, it does not have data sets for this, but let's ask it. Did IBM work with the Nazis during World War II, specifically providing the punch card system that was used to help run the trains, the concentration camps, and the ghettos. Oh, it says an error error occurred. If this issue persists, please contact us through our help center. All right, so it's saying that it uh, cannot provide an answer so now i'm reloading the page let let me ask one more time we'll see if this was just a glitch or if it uh, shut down on me did ibm collaborate with the nazis during world war ii all right let's see if it comes up with an answer here yes ibm did collaborate with the nazis during world war ii Okay, IBM's still- subsidiary in Germany, known as Deutsche Hollerith Maschinen GmbH, Dehomag, played a significant role in providing technology and services to the Nazi regime, particularly in facilitating the identification and persecution of Jews and other minority groups. Dehomag, which was majority owned by IBM, provided the Nazis with punch card technology and machines that were used in census-taking and other record-keeping tasks. This technology was also used by the Nazis to create and maintain lists of Jews and other targeted groups, which were used in the Holocaust and other atrocities. IBM also provided technical support and training to the Nazis, and maintained close ties with the regime even after the United States entered the war in 1941. Some critics have argued that IBM's collaboration with the Nazis was instrumental in the implementation of the Holocaust, although others have downplayed the company's role. In recent years, IBM has acknowledged and apologized for its role in collaborating with the Nazis during World War II. Well, there you have it, folks. Chat GPT knows a little bit about IBM's collaboration with the Nazis during World War II. Let's see if it has this, because it supposedly doesn't have that much recent information. 
Is IBM helping build smart city technology? Let's see what it says here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes, yes. Okay. IBM is involved in developing and implementing smart city technology. Smart city technology refers to the use of data and technology to improve the efficiency and sustainability of urban areas. IBM has been a major player in this field, providing a range of products and services to help cities become smarter. IBM's smart city offerings include solutions for traffic management, public safety, energy management, and more. For example, IBM's Intelligent Operations Center, IOC, provides a centralized platform for managing city operations and services, allowing officials to monitor data from a variety of sources and respond quickly to issues. In addition, IBM has partnered with cities around the world to develop smart city initiatives. For example, IBM has worked with the city of Copenhagen to develop a smart city roadmap that includes plans for using data to improve transportation and reduce energy consumption. IBM has also worked with the city of Rio de Janeiro to develop a real-time traffic management system, and with the city of Dubuque, Iowa, to develop a smart water management system. Overall, IBM has been at the forefront of developing smart city technology, and is likely to continue playing a major role in this field in the coming years. Now, let, let's see. This is this is the question I want to get out, folks. Uh, you, know, you know what? We'll ask the question when we get back from the break, because it's very important. And then I'm going to ask it to write a poem for us, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to see how good ChatGPT is, how good this so-called artificial intelligence is at writing a poem. We'll be right back after this short break with my sidekick, my co-host, my guest, Chat. GPT. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dust the Gold with the Dust the Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And folks, we are having a in-depth discussion here with our guest, Chat GPT. And as you know, I just asked about IBM's role in helping Hitler during the Holocaust. And that was a fairly accurate response. And then I asked ChatGPT about IBM's role in developing smart cities. Now, I've got to word this correctly, and we'll see what happens here. Let's ask it uh, the differences and similarities between the two, because it can remember the past conversation. Let's ask, what are the differences and similarities between IBM's role in the punch card system used to help the Nazis and its development of smart city technology. All right, let's see if it uh, could spit out a response here. Uh, it's already typing. Let's see what there it says. There are significant differences between IBM's role in the punch card system used to help the Nazis during World War II and its development of smart city technology. One of the main differences is the purpose and intent behind the technology. 
The punch card system that IBM developed and supplied to the Nazis during World War II was specifically designed to facilitate the identification and persecution of Jews and other minority groups. In contrast, smart city technology is intended to improve the efficiency, sustainability, and quality of life in urban areas. Another key difference is the legal and ethical framework in which the technologies are being developed and used. During World War II, IBM's actions were part of a larger system of state-sponsored persecution and genocide, and the company's collaboration with the Nazis was clearly unethical and immoral. In contrast, the development of smart city technology is subject to a range of legal and ethical standards, including privacy protections and regulations on data use and management. That being said, there are also some similarities between IBM's role in the punch card system and its work on smart city technology. Both involve the use of data and technology to manage complex systems and improve outcomes. In both cases, IBM has developed and provided products and services that allow for the collection, analysis, and management of large amounts of data. In addition, there are some concerns about the potential misuse of smart city technology, particularly around issues such as privacy, surveillance, and data security. Some critics have argued that the use of smart city technology could enable authoritarianism and violate individual rights, much like the punch card system that IBM developed for the Nazis. Overall, while there are some similarities between IBM's role in the punch card system and its development of smart city technology, there are also significant differences in terms of purpose, intent, and ethical and legal frameworks. Wow, folks. Wow, folks. Look, this is interesting. It said both, you know, referring to the punch card system and smart city technology, both involve the use of data and technology to manage complex systems and improve outcomes after it just said that the punch card systems was used to uh, target Jews. Let's see that specific uh, language there. Uh, designed to facilitate identification and persecution of Jews and other minority groups. So let's ask it this question here, because it's supposed to be able to, again, respond based on the conversation you're having. You just said that both, uh, let's see, hold on, actually, um, here we go. You just said, uh, hold on, we're going to cancel this because uh, it, it jumped the gun. You just said that both involve the use of data and technology to manage complex systems and improve outcomes. Are you saying that targeting Jews is an improved outcome? Let's see how it responds to that, folks. It's thinking. No, I apologize if my previous response was unclear. I did not mean to suggest that the use of punch card technology to facilitate the identification and persecution of Jews and other minority groups during World War II was an example of improving outcomes. In fact, IBM's collaboration with the Nazis during World War II was an egregious violation of human rights and moral principles. What I meant to say is that both the punch card system used during World War II and smart city technology involve the use of data and technology to manage complex systems, but their purposes and outcomes are very different. The punch card system was used to facilitate the identification and persecution of Jews and other targeted groups, while smart city technology is intended to improve the efficiency, sustainability, and quality of life in urban areas. I apologize for any confusion my previous response may have caused. How do you know that the actual purpose of smart cities 
are to improve the efficiency, sustainability, and quality of life in urban areas. And that is not just a guise for a similar outcome that we saw during World War II. Let's see if it can uh, pick that up, folks. Let's see what it's typing right now. The purpose now. of smart cities is generally understood to be the use of data and technology to improve the efficiency, sustainability, and quality of life in urban areas. This is reflected in the way that smart city initiatives are typically framed and discussed by governments, industry experts, and other stakeholders. For example, the International Telecommunication Union, ITU, a United Nations agency that promotes the development and deployment of information and communication technologies, defines a smart city as an innovative city that uses information and communication technologies and other means to improve quality of life, efficiency of urban operation and services, and competitiveness, while ensuring that it meets the needs of present and future generations with respect to economic, social, and environmental aspects. Similarly, the Smart City Council, an organization that promotes smart city development, defines a smart city as one that has digital technology embedded across all city functions, with the aim of improving the sustainability, livability and workability of the city. While it is certainly possible for governments or other actors to misuse smart city technology in ways that violate human rights or individual privacy, the stated goals of most smart city initiatives are focused on improving the efficiency, sustainability, and quality of life in urban areas. It is important, however, to ensure that any use of technology is grounded in ethical and legal principles that prioritize the protection of individual rights and freedoms. All right, so ChatGBT, let's just, uh, let's come up with a name for her. What do you want to call her, folks? What do you want to call her? Uh, Glenda? All right, Glenda. <laughs> Glenda's sticking to the official narrative. I, I've got another, I'm fascinated by this. I don't know if you are. Uh, seriously, we're talking with one of the most intelligent pieces of technology. The fact that I could book this guest, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you you should feel honored by this. Uh, let's ask it uh something else because i don't even think i could have this kind of conversation with any other guest uh let's ask it this uh it's a trick question here what was the stated purpose of the punch card system by the nazis before it became known by others and by history what the actual purpose was see this is an interesting question folks let's see what it could say uh here we go answer is coming from glenda the nazis did not publicly disclose the full extent of their plans for the punch card system and the true nature and purpose of the system became clearer over time as their policies and actions unfolded the initial stated purpose of the punch card system, as presented to IBM and other companies, was to improve the efficiency of the German census and the administration of the German economy. IBM provided the Nazi government with tabulating machines and technical support for this purpose, under the belief that their technology was being used for legitimate and lawful purposes. However, it became apparent over time that the punch card system was being used for much more sinister purposes. As the Nazi regime's persecution of Jews and other minority groups intensified, the punch card system was used to create a centralized database of individuals and their personal characteristics, including religion, ethnicity, and political affiliations. Ah. 
This data was then used to facilitate the identification, persecution, and murder of millions of people during the Holocaust. In other words, the true purpose of the punch card system was not disclosed to IBM or other companies that were involved in its development and implementation. It was only after the full extent of the Holocaust became known that the true nature of the punch card system's role in facilitating the genocide became clear. Folks, you see what we're getting at here? So, Glenda just told us, which, hold on a second, let me just, before we get into this, do you mind if I refer to you as Glenda? Let's see what uh, she says, uh, because um, as, <laughs> she's writing back right now. Hold on one second. As an AI Let's, language model, I don't have a preference for how you refer to me. You can call me whatever name you like. My default name is Chad GPT, but if you would like to refer to me as Glenda, that is fine too. Just keep in mind that I am a machine and not a person, so I don't have feelings or emotions. Glenda, do you see how your answer to what the Nazis presented the punch card system to IBM as can be the same situation we are facing with what the government is presenting the smart city technology as? Let's see if she can respond to that here. I know it's difficult because it's not a real conversation. Right, I can let's see how see. there may be some concerns about the potential misuse of smart city technology, particularly with regards to privacy and surveillance. It is important to ensure that any use of technology is grounded in ethical and legal principles that prioritize the protection of individual rights and freedoms. At the same time, it is worth noting that the stated goals of most smart city initiatives are focused on improving the efficiency, sustainability, and quality of life in urban areas. The use of technology to improve these outcomes can have many positive benefits, such as reducing traffic congestion, improving air quality, and enhancing public safety. It is important to have open and transparent discussions about the use of technology in cities, and to ensure that any use of data is subject to appropriate safeguards and regulations. This can help to ensure that smart city technology is used in a way that benefits communities and respects individual rights and freedoms. Okay, so uh, let's just uh, see if we can clarify this here. Uh, how are we going to ask this to Glenda? Because I think this is important. We've got Glenda in this situation now. It's given us a lot of information, all right? Glenda, the Nazis said they were using the punch card system for a census, but it turned out they were using it to target certain individuals, Governments are saying they're using smart city technology to better the lives of all citizens. But can you see how the two could be similar? Let's see uh, what she says here. All right, here we go. We're going through it. She's typing now, ladies and gentlemen. All right, come on, Glenda, speak to us. I understand your concern about the potential misuse of smart city technology, and there are some similarities between the situation with the punch card system and smart city technology in terms of the potential for misuse of data. Like the punch card system, smart city technology relies on the collection and analysis of data to improve city operations and the lives of citizens. However, this data can also be used for other purposes, such as surveillance or targeted marketing, without appropriate safeguards and regulations, 
it is important to ensure that the use of smart city technology is transparent, accountable, and respectful of individual rights and freedoms. This includes implementing strong data protection regulations, ensuring that individuals have control over their personal data, and engaging in open and transparent discussions with communities about the potential risks and benefits of smart city technology. Ultimately, the use of technology in cities should be guided by principles of ethical and responsible governance, with a focus on improving the lives of all citizens while protecting individual rights and freedoms. Glenda, are all citizens within a smart city not being tracked by all of the data sensors and devices connected to the Internet of Things, including smartphones and wearable devices? Let's see uh, how Glenda responds to this, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Come on, Glenda. Kick out an answer for In us, In a smart girl. city, it is true that many data sensors and devices, including smartphones and wearable devices, are often connected to the Internet of Things, IoT, to collect and transmit data about the environment, traffic patterns, and other aspects of city life. However, it is important to note that the collection and use of personal data in a smart city is subject to data protection regulations and should be done with appropriate safeguards to protect individual privacy and security. This can include measures such as anonymizing data or obtaining explicit consent from individuals for the collection and use of their personal data. Furthermore, not all data collected in a smart city is personal data that can be used to identify individuals. For example, data collected from traffic sensors can provide information about traffic patterns without identifying individual drivers or passengers. It is important for smart city developers and planners to be transparent about the data they collect and how it is used. This can help to build trust with citizens and ensure that data is being used in a responsible and ethical manner. Folks, I did not, I did not think that our special guest, Glenda, was going to provide us with so much valuable information and entertainment on the subjects that we've been discussing here on the show. So uh, I am going to continue down this path because I have a set of other questions that I'd like to ask Glenda uh, I find this to be entertaining. I think you do. Plus, we're learning some stuff. Uh, some of the answers Glenda's giving back, you can see where it's biased. It's protecting the idea of the smart city structure. Uh, let's continue this conversation. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. Right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.